For those about to punk out, I salute you. Bonus episode number six for Love That Album podcast. This is Eric Reanimator. This time we're going to be talking about something a little bit different. I've been floating this idea in my brain for the last couple of weeks about doing this episode, and we're going to take a pause from talking about compilations, talk about a top 25 list of punk rock albums. And as I'm recording this on July the 14th, 2014, we have just lost the last of the original lineup of the Ramones. Tommy Ramone passed away on Friday. And so maybe there's something in the back of my brain that was saying, you need to revisit this soon. And what, what this is, the top 25 punk rock albums according to punk rock legend that most people don't know, a guy named Jeff Bale. This comes from the magazine he used to edit called Hit List. This is the volume three, number one, July slash August 2001 issue. Hit List was a attempt to do a punk rock, garage rock, rock and roll magazine for adults. Most of the participants were people that had been part of the punk rock scene. They had written for other zines, including Maximum Rock and Roll, Ugly Things. They'd been in bands like Rancid Bat and Screeching Weasel. Some of the contributors stuck around for a while. People like Jello Biafra were featured in the first issue, and that was it. But for approximately three years the magazine was in existence, I learned a lot about music and a lot about punk and a lot about rock and roll. In the issue in question, Mr. Bale, in his column at the end, writes, For those about to punk out, I salute you. One of the most annoying byproducts of Joe Ramone's tragic death has been the rash of self-aggrandizing eulogies penned by know-nothing rock critics who are desperately seeking to acquire some degree of hipster credibility by belatedly lauding the Ramones. So it goes without saying that most of the toadies never really liked punk rock, and very few indeed could have liked it back when it really counted in the mid-70s. As I've been saying for years, 
if everyone who nowadays claimed to have loved punk rock in the 77 era really loved punk rock back then, punk would have been a smashing commercial success rather than a very persistent, often marginalized, and at times surprisingly influential musical and countercultural phenomenon. Be that as it may, it would take far too much effort to ridicule every one of the dishonest, dull-witted journalists who are now trying to hoodwink gullible readers who are even dumber and more ignorant than they are. So I'll restrict myself to criticizing one representative example of the corporate rock critic Know Nothings, the top 50 list of punk rock records recently published by Spin Magazine in the honor of punk's 25th anniversary. And this is the point where I would generally stop reading and start talking. But, you know, Mr. Bale was an amazing columnist. My brother and I used to read his columns aloud on road trips. He was that entertaining. So, in his own words, allow me to continue. Appearing on the first half of this list are several mediocre semi-punk bands such as the Raincoats, the Slits, and the horrible Slater Kinney, one of the worst groups I've ever had the misfortune of seeing and hearing, a number of hearty post-punk bands such as Gang of Four, Joey Division, PIL, Pair Ubu, etc., a couple of excellent non-punk bands such as Nirvana, and a few top-notch punk outfits such as the Pistols, the Clash, Wire, and the Buzzcocks. The second half of the list is a total joke filled as it is with numerous bands that have nothing whatsoever to do with punk musically or otherwise. Perhaps the worst selection of all was the black nationalist rap group, Public Enemy. Even if one wished to argue the anti-establishment rap serves the same function for pissed-off black youth as punk served for pissed-off white youth, an argument as I'm prepared to accept in a limited way, it's every bit as absurd to list Public Enemy in a top 50 list of punk bands as it would be to list the Sex Pestles among the top 50 rap groups. Clearly, punk and rap have nothing in common from a strictly musical point of view other than a belligerence and raw aggression. Rarely, then, has so much gross ignorance been passed off as expertise in a single article, which is saying quite a lot given the embarrassingly debased level of rock criticism that has long been characteristic of mainstream music publications. To offset this sort of rubbish, I've decided to offer up my own top 25 list of punk albums. I have no doubt that every other obsessive, knowledgeable fan of punk music will disagree typically with some of my choices, at the very least rank them in a different order, which is to be expected given individual passions and differences in taste. But I don't believe that anyone will be able to accuse me of including records that were manifestly not punk on my list, as Spin foolishly did. Three additional caveats should be noted. First, in some cases I cheated a little by listing a retrospective compilation instead of some of the band's actual albums. Example, in cases where a particular group's best songs did not appear on LPs, these are marked with an asterisk. Second, I will only put my favorite top ten punk records in ranked order of preference. The others instead I listed alphabetically. This is because I found it virtually impossible to definitely rank the remaining 15 since my attempts to do so proved to be so dependent on my specific mood at that particular moment. Third, in some cases where I couldn't actually decide which of a band's particular LPs I preferred, I listed more than one as a tie. Keeping these qualifications in mind, let us begin the top ten in ranked order. So this is the point where I'm going to pause to say that, yes, as a punk fan, I don't necessarily agree with all of these selections. Some of these bands and albums I've never heard I did once upon a time try to track down every single one of them and was successful in getting probably 20 of the 25 records, maybe 15 of which are still in my collection. 
The other five I sold, gave away, or otherwise disposed of. To be sure, the top ten should not surprise anybody knowledgeable about punk rock. And if you could identify the songs and bands played at the beginning of this podcast, you probably already know what the first three are. Number one, Sex Pistols, Nevermind the Bollocks. Number two, The Clash, their first LP, the UK issue. Number three, The Ramones with a tie, Road to Ruin and Leave Home. And I'm going to pause here to say that, yes, you probably cannot make a better selection than, than those three bands and, in particular, those albums. Those three defined punk. Now, we've talked in the past on this show about MC5. We've talked about the Stooges. We've talked about Iggy and the Stooges. We've talked about what is referred to as proto-punk. With the advent of the Pistols, the Ramones, and the Clash, punk solidified as a sound at that point in time, in that era. An identification of what it was to be punk was then possible based on Things like dress, haircut, uh, attitude, and to a certain degree, musical style. If you have somebody in your life who really wants to check out the, the beginnings of what we refer to as punk rock, those four albums are your best starting place. Well, maybe. In my opinion, you can't go wrong with them, let's put it that way. Continuing, number four, Young and Loud and Snotty by The Dead Boys, which... Tim Merrill and I recently covered. You can go back and listen to that episode. Can't argue with that. Number five, The Pagans, Everybody Hates Me. It's one of those records that I was not able to track down because it was out of print. Rather, I was able to find two collections of The Pagans material, which contained all the tracks from this album. The Pagans were an Ohio band that were part of the cohort that gave us the Dead Boys, but they never really broke out of that area. However, they were influential. I will eventually, when this episode comes out, I'm going to attempt to post some of their uh, music on the Facebook page so people can check out some of their material. But they were definitely a very garage band, uh, Midwest, Rust Belt, punk outfit. Carrying on, number six is The Undertones, their first LP. The Undertones did get some uh, chatter on a recent episode of the See Here podcast where Morris and... Hank talked about the film Good Vibrations. We're going to pause here to drop in some undertones, so check it out.
Following the undertones there, we heard the band that's at number seven, which is the Angry Samoans. In this case, he has their Unbox set, which is a CD containing all of their original output. It's a great song called Right Side of My Mind. From there, we get the Saints I'm Stranded and Radio Birdman, Radios Appear. These are the two Australian entries on the list, both bands that have been spoken about and covered on the show in various ways. The Saints are at number 8 in Radio Birdman and number 9. Number 10 is Black Flag, the first four years. This is the original lineup of Black Flag, who are probably the most important band after the initial wave of punk. Yes, they did form during the first wave, but what they did in the 1980s especially, and when Henry Rollins came on board, really set the tone for what punk rock was going to be in America in the 80s. The first four years compilation covers the recordings before Henry Rollins became their singer, and they sounded like this. Now, I'll give Jeff Bale that that's a solid top ten. The only two that really I don't know that I would have included are The Undertones, who I do like and I do recommend people check out, especially if you like the popular punk of the Ramones, and The Pagans, who, while I enjoy their music, I never really got into them. To me, what's missing from this list, outside of some of my personal little favorites, is The Damned, who were the number three UK punk band. Of all of that original class of 1977, they are my favorite. Either Damn 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 or more, for me at least, Machine Gun Etiquette is the epitome of what the great punk records of that era were. So moving on to the last 15 that are in alphabetical order, and this is where, just as Mr. Bale talked about the back end of the list from Spin being unsatisfying. This is where he starts to lose me. And not that I disagree with any of his picks for 11 through 25. Some of them I've actually never heard, so I don't know. Obviously, as he himself stated, some of this stuff is taste and some of it is what works for you. But starting off with G.G. Allen, always is, always was, and always shall be LP. This is another one of those records that I picked up and I just could not get into. Followed by the Avengers, who are a band I actually love. I had a very brief correspondence with the drummer after meeting him in Sweden. Uh, they were one of the great San Francisco punk bands. They never made a proper record. And they were largely forgotten, except that they've had a kind of resurgence in various underground quarters in the last 10, 15 years. And... At the end of the day, their names will be up there with the classics when the history books are finally written after all of us are dead and every one of us that was here to witness 1977 has faded away. Notably, they opened for the Sex Pistols at their final show at 
in Wonderland in San Francisco, or was it Winterland? I don't remember. And reportedly blew them off the stage. The other band, of course, was the Nuns, who I've talked about before, featuring, of course, Alejandro Escobedo. Following the Avengers is the Boys. Now, the Boys were a poppy punk band from the UK, and they had one amazing song and some other good stuff. They're a band that I'm glad that I've been exposed to, but I don't love. And one whose records I hold on to and I have, but I don't listen to it often. And they sound like this. So following the boys, we have Coxbearer with England Belongs to Me, which is a compilation. Now, Coxbearer is a band I dearly love. They're the only band that I have the massive Essentials box set LP reissue of all of their stuff. To me, they were one of the great, great punk bands of all time. They, well, it's hard to say they haven't gotten their due because they have a huge worldwide following. But... At the same time, I rarely feel like they get their due outside of punk rock circles. If you like The Clash, do yourself a favor. Pick up a copy of Shock Troops. Just check it out. Go on YouTube and listen to some tracks. Highly, highly recommended. Now, I did cover Shock Troops on an early uh, album that I love segment. You can go back and listen to that. So next on the list is The Forgotten Rebels in Love with the System from Canada. This is a band who... All right, I, I just couldn't get into them. They're one of the records that I bought and sold. Generation X with their self-titled first LP, Generation X. This is Billy Idol's first band. If you like the poppier side of punk, like the Ramones and the Undertones and the Boys, definitely check out the early Generation X. Very poppy, very in your... Yeah, snotty, had a great attitude. Not really offensive, but wrote some great songs, including this one. Ready, steady, go Ready, steady, go
Okay, from Generation X, we get into The Humpers, who I teased on the Love That Album page. It's another band whose record I picked up, and it really just didn't do anything for me at the time. But it's definitely one that, at this time, now, I do want to go back and check out. The name of the album is Positively Sick on 4th Street. I have no idea what that's a reference to. Maybe somebody can help me out on that one. Followed by a band called Jolt, who are a punky neo-mod band. Now... There was a mod revival that went on with the 77 punk set. Ska, bands like The Specials, uh, were definitely around at the time. You had The Clash playing with reggae as well. The Jolt were a band whose record I got and could not get into. When it comes to that punky mod stuff, I straight up heard The Jam. Jam in the City is a great record, and that's where you would want to start with them, in my opinion. But if you're curious about The Jolt, this is what they sound like. Actually, I want to correct myself and just say they're called Jolt, not The Jolt, just Jolt. song, it, and actually the, listening to it again makes me want to go back and check out that album, but when I was looking for these records in 2003, it just failed to connect with me at that time. Next up is a band from Belgium called The Kids with their first LP, and this is a band that I have not listened to a lot, but my brother absolutely loves, and they have at least one great single, and I'm going to play a little bit of it for you. Kids comes Lolly and the Chones with their album P.S. We Hate You, which is one that I did get and I didn't really dig, and it just didn't click with me. And a band called Pack, an LP from Germany, there's not enough information for me ever to find this record, figure out exactly what it is. Then he has Screwdriver, all screwed up LP, which is their pre Nazi punk record, and to be honest, I have never been interested in checking out Screwdriver. Uh, for those of you that know, they are the racist, most racist, or most well-known racist punk band from the UK. They actually started out as a pretty typical straight-ahead punk band, but once they found out that racism sold records, they got into that business. Then a band called Snare with an album called Stay Home, which is another one I've never been able to find. And finally, we have Inflammable Materials by Stiff Little Fingers, and the vibrators with a tie between their album Pure Mania and V2. These are two of the great UK punk bands. 
I believe Stiff Little Fingers were mentioned in the Good Vibrations film. Uh, very political, very in-your-face Irish punk. If you like The Clash, the album Inflammable Materials is very much worth checking out. And those two Vibrators records, they are great pop-punk classics from those early days of punk rock. If you liked The Boys and you liked The Ramones, The Vibrators are well worth your time. Now, Mr. Bale, and he'd probably hate it if I called him Mr. Bale, ends the column by saying, Believe me, no one feels worse than I do about having to leave tons of other classic punk records off this list, including albums by The Damned, The Germs, The Buzzcocks, The Queers, Grow Up album, The Dickies, DOA, The Subhumans, The Circle Jerks, Minor Threat, Complete Discography CD, Teenage Head, Wire, Pink Flag, The Misfits, The Adverts, Sham 69, The Cockney Rejects, X-Ray Specs, The DKs, and Menace, and a host of others, but when push came to shove, I was forced to select only those records that I actually listened to the most. In any case, I am proud to have made my own small contribution to offsetting the influence of the of all the know-nothing writing for a corporate music press who can and should, not to put too fine a point on it, fuck off and die. Well, I apologize for any of the stumblings and mumblings and uh, word reversals and whatnot that occurred during that. Those are all purely my fault. I just want to add a few thoughts that, as I said, some of those, those bands and records didn't work for me. However, I won't argue with any of the selections because, as he stated, they are his. As for me, what other records would I have added? Definitely something by the band Legal Weapon, who I, I adore. The Dills would have been on that list. Possibly the Zeros. Um, some of the bands that he mentioned is his honorable mention. Uh, Jam 69, X-Ray Specs. For just one song, there's a band called The Violators, who I probably would have put on that list. They were definitely be on a top 25 or top 50 punk singles list of all time. Now, if I was to expand the scope to punk bands and punk music from later in the 80s and into the 90s to the present day, they would probably open up the music that I would choose. However, I think that's a pretty good basis for anybody that wants to get an idea of what the early days of punk were about. Just remember, in the immortal words of the band Fear, who also might have made my top 25, if you're not pissing them off, you're not doing it right. So we're going to leave with a little bit of uh, classic vibrators. When this episode goes up, I will post a at least a photo of the list in the article for you all to check out, and I will try to add as many of the examples of songs from these records as I can find via YouTube. This is Eric Reanimator, and I will catch you all next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.